Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. Marino Podcast is your host, Luis Octavio, and Brenda Gonzalez, and we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! Hey, Tamarindos. So on this episode, we actually hear from our friends and uh, listeners from Tamarindo Podcast because we're celebrating our one-year anniversary! In addition to reflecting on our one-year anniversary, we also had a great conversation with our friend uh, Rashad talking about um, building bridges across communities, especially our Muslim brothers and sisters, and also a very belated chancla to Sama Hayek. So listen in to the rest of this episode. And again, thank you for making this one-year anniversary episode possible. ¿Cómo estás? Good, 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 good. What's the latest with you? With you? Pues qué pasa, a ver. I'm, no mames, güey. I'm so freaking excited. What is it? What other Because, inventions did you come sí, up with? Sí, sí, híjole, neta. Like my parents are like, yeah, they they for sure now can't keep up anymore. With your latest, latest, with greatest. the latest and greatest. Well, I think greatest. Um, so you know how um, we have our own stickers, our chancla and our matraca. Yes, these are things so, you can text message to friends. Exactly, you can download them at La Tortilla Factory. Uh, plug. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I thought I, I felt that there was a void in the queer Latino Latinx community mm-hmm. for these stickers. Mm-hmm. I believe there's only one more app out there that does this, but I feel like they slapped the rainbow sticker on everything. And I think we're more than that. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself and... Um, With the help of, uh, you know, the, the person who's, who's helping me right now with this, um, I launched my own sticker app. Very cool. This is a, this is your own version of Tiburon Tank. You yes, took, you took I it know. in and you made it happen? <laughs> yes, exactly. So I made it happen, um, like That's I said. name. Yes. So the name, dude, we were working on that name and I was thinking, what should we call it? At one point it was like the queer app, the no sé qué más. But then I thought, you know what? Um, 
the letter J in Espanol is la letra J. So let's just call it la J app. But if you pronounce it in Spanish, it's obviously la J app. I love it. So yeah. So uh, it launched uh, already. You can ha you can find it on um, the App Store. It's only available for iOS. I'm trying to work on making it available on Android. But uh, so far, I've gotten so many great uh, feedback from it. And uh, people are tagging us on, on the stickers that they're sending. And some of the stickers say things like, Estupida, Sucia, Ave Maria, Yo No Quería. There's a Frida Kahlo um, veladora on there. And um, by the time this airs, we'll have a Juan Gabriel, Lo Que, lo que Se Ve No Se Pregunta mm, sticker. And uh, a few more. So, uh, so, yeah, that's what I've been up to, dude. What about you? Inventing things. I love it. No inventes, except for inventa. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to give a big plug. So, Luis, you and I collaborated recently. We had an event. It was at my house, but it's in support of Wendy Carrillo, sí, sí, sí. who is a candidate for U.S. Congress, who we've talked about on the show before, who came on the show. And this re race is really heating up. Uh, it's on April 4th. If you're in the downtown uh, neighborhoods and uh, uh, surrounding area, and if you go to votewendycarrillo.com, you can see the specific district that this represents. But um, so that's coming up very, very soon. April 4th is the election. But I want to invite all of our guests together. Tamarindo is co-hosting another event to benefit Wendy. This is going to be in the home of Fernando Lopez, who is from the I Love Micheladas, which is... It was our first sponsor yes. of the podcast, and we do love those micheladas. So you can see at this event, uh, producer Jeff DJing. Ooh. You're going to have the I Love Michelada Mobile Combi. I love that Serving thing. The, the micheladas. And you're going to get to hear from a great candidate. So if you want to find out more about this event, just go to our Instagram, which is at Tamarindo Podcast mm -hmm. on Instagram. And you can see the flyer as well as instructions on how to RSVP. So the event is March 18th. It's a barbecue micheladas. It's at noon. And uh, you, to RSVP, you can RSVP at Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A at votewendycarrillo.com and Wendy spelled with well you know how to spell Wendy but the Carrillo is two R's two L's yes. and we'll put that in our notes but please I hope you support that event so I'm the one, what I've been up to is supporting this candidate I know yeah it's very exciting the reason why it's exciting is because it's a special election which is really the circumstances that are necessary in order for um, a new candidate to break in it really takes that it's a special election because Javier Becerra who was the current Congress member he um, was selected to take over Kamala Harris was the attorney general, all these things. So anyways, uh, special election, April 4th, which means 10 people are going to vote. <laughs> so every every vote matters. And, and the reason I'm excited about Wendy, as we've shared before, is because she's progressive, because she's an immigrant, because she's a formerly undocumented immigrant, and because she, um, what we learned at the event that we hosted for her is that she spent a whole, over a month uh, at Standing Rock um, protesting to uh, call for, for water, clean, protect the water there. And also she's a journalist, so she's not afraid to ask the tough questions. So even though you're, if you're not in the district, I think it's still a great person to know because she'll still be a vote and a, a voice for all of us in Congress if we can get her elected. So please join us on, on March 18th. So that's what we've been up to and, um, and also just rejoicing in our, our one-year anniversary. Well, you know what I want to add also um, at that event that you hosted at your house? Um, I mean, I've heard of Wendy Carrillo because of you and I've seen her on Instagram. But this the, the the speech that she gave or the, the you know what she said that night really resonated. I felt like you know like I was hearing a peer, 
you know, and I think that if anything, people should come out um, to this event that we're going to have and just listen to her speak. Like, I think it's 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 important. And uh, I could see now how and why you are so excited about supporting her. Yeah. Okay. great. All right. Well, Matraca for, for Wendy. Muchas felicidades on your one-year anniversary of the Marindo podcast. It's been amazing. It's so much fun, such relevant content. And I'm so excited that it, there's been episodes already for an, another year, and I'm waiting for this whole other year to come by, too. Thanks for letting PhDs be a small part of it right when it started. I can't believe it's been that long. It's helped us so much in terms of advocating at our school and... It's just a great thing that you guys are doing. So excited to hear many more episodes. Felicidades again. Hola, soy Esteban from Chicano Eats y les mando saludos desde México. I just wanted to congratulate you guys. Happy anniversary. I have been listening for a while now and I'm very excited to see what other topics you guys take on next. Así que saludos y felicidades. Oh, that was really nice. Yay. Gloria, thank you so much. She was on, our, on one of our episodes. The uh, What was it? The uh, Las Reinas de Brilliance. Yes, which, by the way, for some reason, it, 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 this is an episode that was early on, yeah. but it's one of our most listened to episodes. Well, because, you so know, shout out to Reinas. Gloria and yes. the PhDs. Yes, muchísimas gracias. That was number five. If you guys haven't heard it yet, go out and check it out. And Chicano Eats, thank you so much, too. This guy is in Mexico right now having a blast. And, and took the time to write, yes. send us that little note. And we want to have you on the show, Chicano Eats. We'll have you soon. Yes, claro que sí. Oye, and... Um, Oye, what has been your favorite episode, Brenda? Oh, gosh. I have to say, this has been really a lot of fun. We've been uh, doing it for a year. Every episode, uh, I always get so excited. It seems better better than the last as we're learning things here. But thinking back to some of the, the most... Um, the greatest episodes that I feel that that I felt very proud of when we walked away. There's one that I, I I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll talk a little bit more about, um, but there's a couple that, that came to mind as really funny fun ones. Uh-huh. One was number thirteen, which is um, Eric Eric Rivera on every corner. <laughs> <laughs> so he he's a comedian. Um, we had a lot of fun talking to him, and it was re- right after um, some crazy Looney Tune said that that, that that if Trump wins, there would be taco trucks on every corner. Right. Well, you know what? He won, and I don't see the. Talk- Taco trucks. That was a really fun episode. I think that our comedians have been really fun. Karina got got joke was really fun. Claro, she was great. Another one that I was very um, impressed with how quickly we were able to put something together was the the actual day that Juan Gabriel died. We were in the recording studio and we shifted gears and we were be, we were able to do a tribute episode to Juan Gabriel. So that was another one that was really exciting. It was episode number twelve. I remember so that. Check that, that was out. So crazy because you're absolutely right. We were like scheduled to record, and then that happened. And you know what I felt like that day? I remember I felt like we were like. I was thinking in my head, this is what it must feel to be like in a newsroom. Yeah. Like when shit goes down and then just everything shifts. Yeah. Right? That's what that felt like. Um, but also with Eric Rivera, um, this last time I was in New York, I remember that he described that 
their um, sidewalks are are like our 405, right? Freeway. <laughs> so I made sure that when I was there to You're just move all, fast. like either walking really fast or if I needed to stop, I no literally pulled to walking, the side. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah, great episodes. How about you? Which ones were your favorites? Um, pues igual que tú, I have several different episodes that I, that, that I really, really like, but... Um, one that I'm I'm really really proud of and um, surprised about actually is our um, episode number seven, reflecting on Orlando. Um, uh, you know, I actually we we had I had the opportunity to share my coming out story and and um, I didn't expect to get that emotional. You know, like mm-hmm. that was like raw. Like and 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 even even today when I listen to it over again and again and again, I, I just I can't believe how. You know, this kind of platform, you know, you know, the mic is on and then you just start talking and the things that come out, you know, out of your mouth sometimes are just like you can't plan for stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah. I was definitely very proud of that episode. And we were it's it's kind of one of those things, too, where we were already going to we were already planning to share your coming out story. We feel it was a, an important thing to do on the show. And it in and, and this is. Just, I don't know, it just really aligned and, and made the story even more powerful in light of the tragedy that was Orlando. Right. And so many young men like you that have shared your experience were the victims of an atrocious crime. And it really um, helped elevate, I think, their stories as well and the parallel. So I agree that that was one episode that I felt very proud to be a part of. So thank yeah. you guys for your openness to be on that. And and I know we've heard, we continue to get, get a lot of positive responses from, from that one. So mm-hmm. if you're new to, new to Tamarindo podcast, please check out those episodes that we've mentioned. And uh, reflecting on, on Orlando was definitely one that we were to both extremely proud of. Yeah, number seven. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you learned? A ver, dime, ¿qué has aprendido? Because it's been a year. It's been like... Super rápido. It felt like we just started by. yesterday. But what what have you learned? From well, this I mean, I, I feel that. Well, one thing I learned is that I stutter. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to control that, but I don't know if I can. I think it's just, it just comes out. I, I feel that what I've learned is that this, I think the episodes that are most strong and I think they're the ones that reflect with me the most when I hear it in other podcasts is just being an authentic voice mm-hmm. and um unfiltered and just kind of saying what you want to say. I feel like those are the stories that seem to be really powerful when it comes, when it's authentic and, and um, the fact that we do very little planning of our episodes and we just kind of go for it. Por si no se dan cuenta. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's been really good. That's been great. I mean, just listen, hearing from listeners, what they like and trying to incorporate that. So for instance, you might've noticed in this episode, we have the live matraca again, right? Matraca player. So that's been fun to just kind of bring that stuff back. Um, we've learned to provide an outline at the beginning of our episodes, like just little little fixes here and there. And we're trying really hard to try to have something out weekly. So you these highly produced, amazing podcasts that we do with our amazing producer, Jeff, we're getting to release those a couple times a month. But in between, we've been doing these smaller episodes. So just to try to, to get something to your ears more regularly, that's one thing that I've learned. How about you? What have you learned? Ush, pues muchísimo. But uh, I think that the one thing that I've learned the most is that this platform really gives you an opportunity to just speak your mind, you know, speak your mind. And, and as you mentioned, we, we, we hardly ever plan, you know, like this is what we're going to say and this is how we're going to say it. We just open up the mics and then we just start talking. Right. So I think that the one thing that I've been learning and from meeting some of our listeners this mm-hmm. past year um, that they really do like that. You know, they like that 
we don't plan for it and we just speak as if we were hanging out, which is what we do. We hang out every single uh, time we come out here and record. We just got back from lunch. It was delicious. Exactly. <laughs> we had tacos at pescado, you guys. Mm, Dang. So good. Um, but I think that, um, you know, even what you just mentioned, you know, you say that you stutter. I, I when I first started doing this podcast, like I totally sounded like a cuckoo, right? <laughs> but I but I think that those things are the things that like you could see the progression of like you were now a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. speaking, right? Yeah. Right? We're a little bit more comfortable with each other. Um, and then just I think that those things we want to change, maybe like the stuttering or me sounding like a guy sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's kind of what makes the podcast fun, you know, and uh, authentic voice, the authentic voice. Exactamente. Así, así sueno, so. Yeah. OK, let's hear from another fan. Hola audiencia de Tamarindo, habla Babelito desde Albuquerque, Nuevo México. Just sending this message to congratulate a los Tamarindos for their one year anniversary. It is crazy how much has happened in the past year. Y yo estoy súper, súper contento de conocerlos, de saber que son mis amigos, especialmente a Luis. Luis, you know that you're my comadre. We have our desahogue sessions almost like twice a week. And I cannot be more thankful in life for such amazing friends like Brenda and Luis. Um, we have a lot of things planned, so everybody stay tuned. But I'm very happy that I get the chance to say feliz cumpleaños, happy birthday, and may many, 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 many more years come in the future. And please, please keep spreading that voice because, as we mentioned before, it's super, super important. And I'm not going to say it now more than ever. It's just we're just going to continue to do this as much as we can. So once again, feliz cumpleaños y un abrazote a los dos. Bye, comadre. Uh-huh. So what? A, can I um, uh, can I throw Babelito a little chancla? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm Violencia. Just, I love it. I love it. But it especially Luis. Oh my God. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, but tell me about this comadre, comadre thing. So, so Babelito from Latinos for Lunch. Yes. Tell me more. So, you know. When we first met, we went to downtown LA, uh, Los Callejones, to, to eat you tacos. You and Babelito, right? We, we, and I, yeah. Exactly. And um, I don't know, desde que lo conocí, I just, we clicked. We clicked, and it was like a really great relationship. Like, like I felt, um, like I've known him for a while now, you know? Uh-huh. And so that was weird. Um, but then we just started communicating more and more. And as he mentioned, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, text message back and forth at least twice a week uh-huh. uh, and just talk about random things. He'll tell me about his di- dissertation that he's doing. Um, he'll, you know, talk to me about like how he's feeling and then I'll talk to him. Like I we've become it. like Comadres. confidentes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he's, he's really, really cool. So. And for listeners that may not know, who is, who is Babelito? Well, pues, I, I think everybody knows now. I mean, <laughs> estos son como super famous. Yes. Um, well, they're from Latinos Who Lunch, and uh, definitely check out their podcast. But speaking of podcast, you've turned me into podcasts, and I want to know, have your favorites changed from when we first started, or do you have new favorite podcasts that you oh, listen man. to? Oh, man, I do have a few new ones. So now I, uh, Latinos for Lunch is one that I listen to religiously now, so mm-hmm. I love them. Shout out to, we love them. They're, I call them our sister podcast. They're so amazing. Um, uh, let's give them a traca. Matraca. Yeah, matraca. 
<laughs> um, I think they're fantastic, and it's amazing to see all the great things that they're up to, and some of the, like, as Pablito alluded to, some of the ideas that we have to co- for future collaboration. That's been a lot of fun. Um, I, my newest, latest uh, favorite podcast right now is called Pod Save America. It is a really refreshing take on the news. It, it and I, I, I don't try to remember if I mentioned them before. I definitely talked about them on on, tw- on Twitter and on Instagram. But they are they are former staffers of Obama, and they're young young folks, and um, they really really make it, the news very interesting and have provided a, a very exciting analysis of what's going on with the new administration. And I think they release it daily. Like it's crazy. Wow. Like they are they are wow. kicking butt and. Um, um, I guess if you're listening to the show, then that means you listen to podcasts. But so many people do not listen to podcasts. Like, it's very small segment of the population. So right now, a lot of the podcasts are doing this hashtag called Tripod. So T-R-Y-P-O-T, try a podcast. Yeah. So if you guys really like Tamarindo Podcast or whatever other podcast that you're listening to, um, on Twitter or on Instagram... Tell a friend about the podcast and then put the hashtag tripod. So we've been mentioning a few lists with, with some other amazing yep. Latino podcasters. So thank you, everybody that's used the tripod hashtag for Tamarindo. What other podcasts are you loving that you haven't shared with us before? Yeah, no. Um, well, you know, obviously you got me into podcasting and, and uh, I've, I started with a couple that I listened to religiously. And then now I have these new ones that I'm just like, holy crap. So the first one is... Um, uh, se llama? Side hustle. Okay. Side hustle. Oh my God. Side hustle like, school. Might as well be called Luis. <laughs> Dude, ese podcast, like if anybody is thinking of starting a business, por muy pequeña, like whatever, selling concha, sell, whatever you want to sell, uh-huh. listen to Side Hustle School. I love it. It's a daily it. podcast. It's only eight minutes, but in those eight minutes, you ha- you get so much information. Only eight minutes? Only eight minutes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And it's like boom, boom, boom. I should está. listen to that daily and then do eight minutes of sit-ups. Andale. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I should do that too. What else? Anyways, what else? so that one, that one's a really good one, especially because as you mentioned, I mean, I have all these like little projects that I work on. So my dream is to one day be featured on that. Podcast. Well, I mean, uh, this is really funny that you're mentioning this to me, Luis, because before we recorded, you were saying you had this great idea about getting some of these other uh, Latino vendors to talk about like the things that they're doing. So mm-hmm. it sounds like it would be very much like the cool tips that people are learning from this thing. So I'm yeah. really excited for that, bringing something like that in down the road for Tamarindo, having some other uh, some of these amazing um, side hustlers yeah, talk definitely. about their side hustle. So this is great. Yeah, no, it's totally cool. And then the other one is a, a podcast all in Spanish. Se llama Así Como Suena. And uh, it's great because it, it doesn't have a specific format except for the fact that they go out um, to different parts of Mexico and they interview people. Mm-hmm. So there's taqueros to empresarios to all sorts of different people. And the that. stories are so great. It's like, it's like a Casos de la Vida Real, but like it really did happen and they're talking to the people who it <laughs> happened to so those two are like my my favorite right now i love it okay well let's hear from more of our fans that took the time to write us on our one year anniversary episode hi tamarindos it's pam of cada compan i want to congratulate you for one year 
such an, an accomplishment. It's awesome, and I want to give you kudos for both of you for being such hustlers. Brenda, you're such an inspiration for young women, for older, for women in general. Luis, I want to applaud you for being such a hustler and being a mover and shaker for both of you, making such a difference in the Latino communities and for caring about what we do as, as a community. So enjoy your first year and let's have some mezcal next time we see each other. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Eli from the Tortilla Factory. I'm really happy and really proud of you guys for this amazing one-year anniversary. It's been a great year. Um, but really, uh, I wanted to say thank you for keeping us part of this conversation that we're, ha we're all having, um, you know, as being a part of this this amazing border culture. You know, we've, we've created this little niche for ourselves, and, and we're growing and becoming better people thanks to people like y'all and the conversations that you're having. Um, looking forward to hearing more from y'all. Uh, we learn a lot every single time you guys come out with a new episode. So keep it up, please. Thank you. Oh, that was so nice to hear from Cafe Con Pam and Tortilla Factory. So great. I know. But you know what? Next time, that instead of having a mezcal with Pam, I want to have a Pam Basso. <laughs> okay, so now we want to read from some of our uh, our fans. So, Luis, you've got a letter to read from Yes, uh, I have a message from Marimar. And I'm wondering if this is Marimar from La Costañita. Uh, La Costañita, you know, the, the Marimar Costañita. Yeah, I so. think this is a, a male, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I know, but in my head, I want to think it's Marimar from the telenovela. Talia. Yes. So it says, Hola, Tamarindo. Saludos y felicidades desde Texas. Estoy muy excited that you came through my feed this year as a hashtag most relatable podcast on my radar. Ooh. I've learned so much about Chicanex life outside of Texas, and I love it. Thank you for the following. Exciting. La Chancla. Mini cast, La Tortilla Factory sticker pack, being super authentic and reaching out to our community. Happy anniversary. Marimar, P.S. I couldn't send a voicemail because I don't have enough space on my phone. Que oso. <laughs> That's what she said. I love it. I love it. Yes, thank you. We have a lot of listeners from Texas. So shout out to our, our, our Tejano fans. I think I, I hopefully will be out there soon. Oh, cool. All right. Another re great review. We have people that rate and review us on iTunes. And, and so far, all of them have been five stars. So this is another five-star re review. And it's, it's, the title is Intellectual and Amazing. I honestly love this podcast. I found, I found this when searching for podcasts that would allow me to stay current with political discord. Not only are the hosts funny, but they really know their stuff. All the guests are enlightening and really amazing. If you want to stay woke or learn more about the Latinx community, this is the podcast for you. Ah, thank you so much. I, I have no idea where this person's from, but this is what their, their uh, title is on the iTunes thing is irod1003. Nice. And you got one more from us? I have one more, too. Hilarious, insightful, and real. This is from lovely Lola Ventuno. And she says, I love the Tamarindo podcast. It's so hard to find podcasts that speak to me as a Latina. And this one touches on social issues, pop culture, politics, and food. Brenda and Luis have great chemistry and seem like amigos I'd love to have over for dinner on my... Over for dinner, sorry. Oh, my goodness. I love their matraca and chanclazo snippets, too. Sorry. Matraca, matraca. <laughs> Ooh, 
Uh, esa matraca needs some oiling. <laughs> Thank you all of our fans. We really love hearing from you. You can always reach out to us at tamaridopodcast at gmail.com or rate and review us on iTunes. Please, keep yeah. reviewing us. All right, let's hear from another fan. Hola, this is Lola from Lola's Cocina. And I wanted to share that one of my favorite episodes was actually last week when Luis threw the chancla at all the señoras who steal centerpieces at weddings and quinceañeras. The reason I loved this segment was because the day before, I had actually seen Luis after a conference that I attended in Long Beach. And I made away with about six centerpieces that were going to get thrown out. I didn't steal them. So when Luis and I were saying our goodbyes, I opened up my car and he sees six floral arrangements in the back seat. And I say, oh, did you want to take one of these arrangements to your mom? And he says, no, no, gracias. And I said, why? She's not into flowers. These are real orchids. And he said, bueno, pues, me llevo uno. And I said, okay, yeah, take one. Little did I know that he had probably just recorded that episode where he's literally throwing the chancla at me. When I heard it, I felt like the chancla slapped me on one cheek, made a U-turn, slapped me on the other cheek. So I was literally laughing out loud when I heard that episode. Um, anyway, I love what you guys are doing, and I look forward to future episodes. Well, that was really fun to reflect on our, on our one year. And, and whenever possible, we, we do like to touch on political issues and current events when, whenever we can. And the next interview that you're going to hear about next is for, from our friend Rashad Aldaba, who is the founder and director of the Arab American Civic Council, an advocacy organization based in Anaheim's Little Arabia. He's an immigrant born in Saudi Arabia to Palestinian and Armenian parents. And I know Rashad, I went to college with him and I spent many years with him back at Cal State Fullerton, and he's doing some great things in his community. And we had a chance to talk to him about not only the work of the Arab American Civic Council and what they're doing to welcome refugees, but also some of his efforts to to uh, elevate the community, the Arab American community in Anaheim, in this district called Little Arabia. So you're, you'll get to hear our conversation with Rashad, as well as some great food that you can try if you're able, able to visit Little Arabia. So let's hear our interview with our friend Rashad. All right, Rashad. So tell us about the Arab American Civic Council. So uh, the Arab American Civic Council, I helped uh, start back in uh, about five years ago. Uh, it's a community organization that strives to advance the Arab American community in the uh, greater L.A. area, uh, mainly in Orange County, uh, through civic engagement, uh, advocacy, and um, uh, narrative shift campaigns. Uh, we've been working a lot last year, uh, mostly because it was an election year. So we did a lot of uh, voter registration, voter outreach. We did uh, uh, two candidate forums uh, in Anaheim for Anaheim City Council. Uh, we were involved in many uh, campaigns. Right now we're focusing on on uh, the uh, executive orders that were uh, issued by uh, President Trump uh, and uh, were part of the movement uh Against these bigoted uh, executive orders, uh, recently we were at uh, Santa Ana City Council uh, to uh, encourage the council to vote uh, to vote to condemn Trump's uh, executive orders. We're doing that soon again in uh, Anaheim. Um, we've got a lot of programs. Mm -hmm. One of our our main programs is our uh, Refugees Welcome uh, <laughs> Initiative. 
and uh, we work with uh, resettlement agencies uh, to help new refugees uh, integrate. We do advocacy. We recently arrived families uh, to speak to community, to interact with community members. Um, you guys are very busy right now. We are very <laughs> busy right now, yes. Um, yes. I, I wanted to see if you can tell us a little bit more about one of the many things you, you just listed, but one of them was the, the narrative shifting. Could you tell us about that? Because I, I think us in the Latino community, we're really focused on that as well, like this sh- changing the narrative around Latinos, but also immigrants. So tell us a little bit about that, that, ef- that effort. Right now, I mean, as you know, uh, the conversation around Arabs, Arab Americans, uh, Muslims is very negative. Mm-hmm. People view uh, Muslims and Arabs in a very uh, uh, misconceptions. Completely, lots of misconceptions. Mm-hmm. So, McDonald's se está transformando en el mundo anime de McDonald's y te trae la nueva savory chili McDonald's sauce. Los mejores sabores se unen en esta legendaria salsa para que tus 10-piece chicken wackduggets, papitas y Sprite se conviertan en un meal ultrapoderoso. Desbloquea un manga con tu meal y disfruta de un corto de anime cada semana. Solo en McDonald's. Badabababa, go! En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado hasta agotar existencias. And, and refugees. Uh, uh, people, uh, so... Part uh, part of the narrative shift is not just media, but also uh, to um, have this these interactions between newly arrived families and the community. Because once you meet a Muslim, once you meet a refugee, when you meet an Arab, it's different than just hearing about them. Your whole uh, perspective will change because you know you're you're going to interact with them one on one. So that's that's why we that with the Refugees Welcome Initiative, we we um, we uh, one of the things that we did is is to have one, uh, these family members uh, come out and speak directly to congregations, to churches. We try to um, connect them with with uh, uh, media, uh, with reporters. Mm-hmm. So uh, to uh, a few, uh, recently, there was a story on KPCC about an Iraqi family mm-hmm. that just arrived to LAX, and the mother who had cancer was d- uh, detained for more than six oh, hours. Yeah. That was on KPCC, and we helped uh, c- uh, connect the KPCC reporter with that family, mm-hmm. and and then the LA Tim- Times took that uh, story and 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 uh, wrote a. So you're putting uh, the human yeah. face. You you help facilitate putting the human face to to some of these sound bites that people. Yes. Make. Yes. When they think of a refugee or when they think of the ban, well, no, this is what it really means in, in what it translates to as a human per, human person. Right, exactly, life is exactly. On the line and, here. and these are folks that, that before they came here, they, they, the vetting process is a long and complicated process. So by the time they came here, you know, these are good people that are here, but um, folks don't know what, what it means to be a refugee and to make it here. But one of the other things that we're, we're doing is, is not only newly arrived families, but um, Arab Americans, like in, in, in April, every April we celebrate Arab American Heritage Month. So we have a, an annual gala. This is going to be our second one. Um, but the, the idea of it is to highlight the, uh, the contributions of, of Arab Americans to our nation and that we've been here for hundreds of years. We're not 
You're not new. We're not new, new right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Rashad, I want to know a little bit about more uh, more about the refugee um, e- experience, right? I think that a lot of people, as you just mentioned, are not aware. They don't know that there's a vetting process for them to get here, and then you know, once they're here, what what is it that they do? How can someone that doesn't know a lot about this step in and help out? Okay. Um, the process takes the process, the whole process takes uh at least 18 months 18 to 24 months wow so uh they they're first vetted by by uh, a un agency in the refugee camp or whatever they or the the third the, the second country that they were at for example if you're a syrian refugee most likely you're going to be in a in a camp in in jordan or in turkey or or in lebanon so uh, There's another stop before you get here, right? Yes. You, know, yeah. pro- I mean, you became several. a refugee, you, you stayed yeah. there, and then America is very far from Syria or from Iraq. So mm-hmm. most likely you're not going to just end up here. Um, as your first stop. As, right? as, as your first stop, mm-hmm. yes. So uh, there's a there's a process there, interviews, and then they select which families are going to be vetted before— they actually go through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's uh, two other agencies, I think. Um, by, the time, by the time that, that uh, they make it here, it's, it's at least 18, probably up to 24 months, uh, several interviews, background checks um, uh, by the time you make it here. And there's very few. It, it, the, it, it's very few folks that are, letting, are allowed to be yes, in anyways. I mean, right? yeah, we're talking it, about it, they people. make it sound like there's a, an influx of refugees that are coming. No. no. I mean, it doesn't sound like there's an influx if, if this is the vetting process and it's a two-year process. Yes. So I'm wondering, like, imagine these families that have, you know, that have kids, right? And they're in these camps. Like, mm-hmm. it's two years before they head over to you know, either the United States or anywhere else that will let them in. Well, this process right? is for the United States. Oh, this yeah. is for the pro- yeah. for the yeah. United States. So it's just, it's such a long process, yes. right? So when they've arrived here in the United States, mm-hmm. it's already been, you know, like you said, they've been in their second uh, country, right? Mm-hmm. It's not their, from their first country. Right. So I think that that's important to point out because I think a lot of people here in the United States think, oh, let me go knock on the door, fill out an application, and then I'm here. It's not like that. No. Not at all. Yeah. And uh, your, your other part of the question, um, there's few resettlement agencies uh, here in Southern California. In, in, in Glendale, uh, there's uh, the IRC, International Rescue Committee, is the main resettlement agency, and there's a few others. Um, in, in Orange County, the ones that we work closely with is World Relief. Mm-hmm. Um, most refugees go through these uh, resettlement agencies. There's a few others. Um, so... The first ninety days, they uh, they you know pick them up from the airport, and then for the first ninety days, they you know f- find them a place, um, help them integrate. Um, there's a small stipend, but then they're on their own. So uh, in your agency, and what do you in what piece of that are you most involved with in Orange County? So um, we're, we're we're not a resettlement agency. We work with them. So we're the Arab American Civic Council. We we help with uh, with integrating them, with um, advocating for them. So. Um, we work with the city, with the uh, um, and, and and you know 
uh, getting agencies. their stories out. Mm-hmm. Uh, agencies, we work with congregations to um, connect them with with congregations, churches, mosques, mm-hmm. uh, kind of to if they need more help. Because the first 90 days uh, that they get support from these resettlement agencies is nothing. I mean, after 90 days, you're you're on your own. And uh, uh, it's very difficult. Some of them are larger families. And, and we, we look at them as assets. They, they have a lot to contribute, but it's difficult in the beginning. So mm-hmm. it's important to help them integrate. Great. Well, th- you know, thank you for giving us a glimpse of that because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. So we, we appreciate that. So a little bit more about um, what you do in, in elevating the stories and the contributions of Arab Americans in the community. They're part of our community. They're contributing. They're business owners. They're restaurant owners. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the Little Arabia area of, of Orange County and Anaheim. A lot of people think of Anaheim, they think of Mickey Mouse. They might not be thinking about a great place to get um, to go to hookah bar or get amazing hummus. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that, that, that area. <laughs> sure. Uh, Little Arabia is an unofficially, uh, it's, it's not officially designated, but we call it Little Arabia. Um, it, it's a few miles away from Disneyland, so we try to encourage folks to uh, go to Little Arabia, have lunch uh, or dinner, or hang out there. Uh, not if if they're in Anaheim, whether they're there for to go to Disneyland or the convention center. There's a lot of reason, reasons to go to uh, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't instead of going to you know Cheesecake Factory or whatever. There's, there's something better there's, you can have, some authentic there's more, food. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hating on Cheesecake Factory, but I'm saying <laughs> there's, there's more. There's more than we have oh, to yeah. offer. Where about is uh, Little Arabia? It's, it's mostly on Brookhurst Street uh, between uh, the 5 Freeway and uh, Catella, mm-hmm. okay. uh, but it's, it's uh, and around around that area, but that's that's where most of the yeah, business. one's driving up Brookhurst, you can see right away um, the different restaurants starting to pop up, and that's yes. that's great. So let's say that I'm a visitor to Anaheim, and um, I want to make a couple stops in, in Little Arabia. What would you recommend as the ideal day? I know, and I know, I know there's lots of businesses, so I know you're not taking <laughs> favorites, but... You know, if I'm brand new and I ask you, Rashad, where should I have my brunch, my dinner, my dessert? Well, uh, that's what Little Arabia is, a a lot of restaurants and and, uh, lots of good food. Mm -hmm. So um, you can go to littlearabiadistrict.com to look at the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at some of the uh, some of the offerings, favorites. So he doesn't want. <laughs> I have a lot of favorites, but uh, let's say you're you're in Little Arabia, but you're there uh, early in the morning and you want to have breakfast. You might stop by uh, Karim's Falafel. Uh, that's probably one of the most famous ones because mm-hmm. it's the it's the oldest uh, restaurant that still exists. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, they have some good falafels, hummus, uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, around how long it's been there. Uh, I it w- I think 1996. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, the oldest grocery store is uh, 30 years old, and it's uh, it's called Al Taibat Market. Oh, okay. That's that's the first um, business Where that people can get their authentic ingredients for the food they make at home. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and and it's it's the it's the oldest one. That's when Little Arabia started. It started with that market, and then everything else. Opened kind of around them. Expanded. Yes. Mm-hmm. As many of these communities <clears throat> pop up. So. Yes. You want to have a dessert. There's Kanafi Cafe, uh, great um, dessert. It's an authentic Palestinian 
dessert, um, and then uh, La Mirage pastry, lots of good stuff there. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot of recommendations. Little Arabia Lebanese Bakery, there's Olive Tree. I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> and, and then in the evening, you want to hang out, you want to smoke uh, hookah. I, I don't necessarily um, encourage smoking, but that's that's something people <laughs> do there. Um, there's Little you know, disclaimer. <laughs> so Rashad and I actually went to college together, yes. and I've been to those, those hookah bars many times with you, Rashad. <laughs> and I remember one of the thing, one of the experiences that I shared with you in, in those places that, um, as many restaurants in Southern California, there's a lot of uh, Latino folks that work work at these restaurants. And yes. I remember meeting a, a person that worked at the at the at the hookah bar who spoke more Arabic than English. Yes, and he was a Latino. Yes, so that's I, awesome. That's, I think yes. that's a really perfect experience. Uh, that that is Mario who. who <laughs> Who you who uh, works at Hidden Cafe? That's right. And I actually remember him uh, when he first started going there as a customer. Uh-huh, he uh-huh. would hang out there, smoke his strawberry flavored hookah, <laughs> and, uh, nice. and then eventually he started working there. And now he speaks very like he speaks Arabic almost. Wow, cool. that's wow, amazing. That's really cool. <laughs> I love that. Well, I, do, I also want to tell a little side story for, for, that I can relate to this. Is I actually have um, my my aunt married a Lebanese man, so I have cousins that are trilingual: English, Spanish, and Arabic. So I think that's really cool. And and I I'm sure many of you have probably seen some of the. There's like a viral video of all the different words that are yes. similar in Arabic and in Spanish. I mean, I think it's just such a perfect time to be continuing to build um, bridges across communities. Why don't you tell us a, a little bit more about Santa? So folks are listening from all over the country. Santa Ana is a majority Latino community. It's an all-Latino city council. But you recently had, you and your, your allies and your, and your friends had a victory recently. Can you tell us a little bit more? And I know you brushed up on it a little bit earlier, but tell us more about that specific effort. Uh, because because um, uh, we're all immigrants mm-hmm. and uh, we are now... Uh, there are more reasons to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a an initiative to uh, get the city council to um, pass a resolution to condemn uh, Trump's executive orders to uh, ban uh, travel from seven Muslim majority countries. You know, his, his uh, bigoted executive orders against refugees, building the wall, immigrants. So there's more reasons to work together. And there was recently a, uh, a new collaborative uh, called the Muslim uh, Latino uh, Unity oh, Collaborative. Wow. Great. Yes, It brought together uh, several um, advocacy groups that are uh, Arab or Muslim or Latino uh, mosques and, and uh, faith-based institutions to start working. Honestly, we've been working together for many mm-hmm, years, mm-hmm. many years in Anaheim and in Santa Ana, but now uh, it's more under this umbrella of uh, Latino Muslim Unity uh, Collaborative. Uh, it brings together CARE, Accord. Um, I love Accord, uh, OCO, uh, <laughs> uh, lots of... Those are great groups. I love that. Well, that's wonderful, and, and, I, and I'm happy that you all have been successful in Santa Ana and looking to do more of that in other cities in, the, in, in Orange County where you're based. But we're out of time, um, and there's so much that folks can learn, but right now it's time to shift to the, the questions that we ask all of our guests. Which I know we we prepared you for this. Then Luis can start with the first question. Yes. So if there was a telenovela um, named after you or a character in a telenovela, what would that name be? Yeah. What's the name of your telenovela? I would call the telenovela the beautiful resistance. The beautiful resistance. Nice. I love it. How do you say that in Arabic? 
<laughs> or know how to say beautiful. I think you've told me this one before. Uh, beautiful in Arabic is hello or jamil. Ah, yes. I love it. Hello love or jamil. Yeah. Very nice. I like that. And in, in, in the name Beautiful Resistance, I can already hear like the background music, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, our second question is, um, what is your favorite snack? There's a lot of snacks that I like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm going to say, I'm going to mention two. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, go for it. One is um, peanut butter and M&M's. And, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is, uh, I'm going to get ethnic with this. Um, yes, so where I grew up in Saudi Arabia, um, there would be a guy on a cart that would sell something called balila. Mm. It's uh, very simple. It's just chickpeas uh, with um, salt, cumin, and, and lemon juice. Oh, that sounds great. Um, and it was just amazing. Yeah, can you get that here? Uh, I don't know. Oh man, it's very simple though. Like you can I'm do sure that. You can yeah. Well, yeah, then you should make some, bring us some, and yeah. then we can try them on the podcast. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Yes, because that sounds really good. I would just add a little bit of tahini. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what I was thinking. Love it. <laughs> what else? What's our last question? So, first of all, how do you say chancla sandal in Arabic? Well, uh, you can, it depends on the dialect. It could be jazma or gazma or kondara. Well, I like kondara, yeah. <laughs> so who is your kondara going to? Uh, there's a lot of people that I want to throw my kondara at. <laughs> I would say Trump, but I'm going to say um, the Democrats who voted to confirm um, the new Secretary of State. Uh, Jeff Sessions. Well, that that too. Oh. Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General. Oh, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> and the Secretary of State, whose name I can't remember right now. Bannon? Tiller. Til- no. Well, <laughs> There's ba- so many bad guys I can't even remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you're a Democrat. You're 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 uh, against the new Trump regime, but you're still voting for his um, uh, appointments, and you deserve a shoe. All right. So chanclas to the spine, the spineless Dems uh-huh. that we that have not <laughs> stood up for our people. Well, okay. Well, thank you, Rashad. We love that you stopped by the Tamari the podcast. Where can people learn about the works that the, the efforts that you're leading? We have a website, uh, aaciviccouncil.org. We're also on, of course, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Arab American Civic Council. Look us up. And if you want uh, Little Arabia, littlearabiadistrict.com. And uh, I can even uh, give you a tour of Little Ray. I love that. How do people I'm get? How do people get a, get a hold of you then? <laughs> <laughs> Just go to the website and then go to contact us or hit me up on Facebook, uh, Little Arabia District, uh, and I will respond to you. I love it. Okay. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Thank That's you for it. having me. Yay. <laughs> Great to hear from Rashad and the stuff that he's doing. Are you excited to go try food at Little Arabia? Dude, are you kidding me? I'm going to call him up and I'm going to say I need a tour about of all these locations, mm-hmm. especially those hookah lounges. I've been to a couple, but I'm really interested in going now. Yeah, so much, so such great uh, culture at our fingertips. It's always great. Well, we're at the point of our episode here where we do our favorite segment. Chanclasos. Chancla. Who's your chancla going to? Oh, you're asking me first. Yeah, okay. a ver, dale, dale. Well, okay.
Okay, uh, this is kind of a very delayed chancla. Pretend that I sent it from outer space and it's just now arriving to, <laughs> to smack her. So this little chancla goes, it's a chancla so pequeño because I think there's a lot of dimensions to this story here. But some of you might remember, um, this was quite a few weeks ago now, but back at Sundance, um, it's at the Sundance Film Festival, there was an LA Times article that tried to recapture a an exchange between um, Jessica uh, Jessica Williams, who is one of the two dope queens. Okay. Uh, so she's a young, young African-American social activist in a way because of the, the content of her material. She also is a... Um, she used, she used to be on, um, what's that show at night that's really great, that's like a fake news show? What's it called, Jeff? Not a fake news, but a, the, Daily the Daily Show. Yes, the, on The Daily Show. So she's from The, from the Daily Show. That's, that's Jessica Williams. And the exchange was between Jessica Williams as well as Salma Hayek. Uh, I think I saw something about this. Yeah, La Mexicana Salma Hayek, who she looks amazing, but she's actually you know in her 50s, right? Uh-huh. So there was this exchange, and uh, in the show notes, we'll, we'll put a link to the actual... Uh, article that recaptured this conversation. But from from what I remember now, it was a luncheon at Sundance that was all about women in in film and and opportunities and ways to get more of more women before and behind the scenes of cameras. Uh-huh. And in this in this conversation, you know, there, I think there was I imagine there was a um, a lot of great thoughts about um, opportunities for women, and and there was this exchange between Salma Hayek and Jessica, where. Um, Salma asked a very, without, I don't think she realized, but what was really came off as a very insensitive question that basically, to summarize, made, uh, asked Jessica, when, when you're not a black woman, what are you? Basically asking Jessica, can you forget that you're a black woman? And, and what, you know, how is the world beyond, beyond those two things? You know, what, what do you have to offer beyond those two things? Now, I know that what she, her intention, Salma Hayek's intention is that, um, was basically saying like those barriers that, that, that folks have about women and about women of color, like just pretend they weren't there. What would you what would you have to offer? Which is a really insensitive thing to say because of course we wish we could pretend those barriers weren't there. No, I don't. And um the, you know, I don't think either of the, they were not understanding each other. Like Salma Hayek could not fathom how it could be offensive to a black woman to say, "Can you just like pretend you're not a black woman for a little bit? Just hang on to the side. You can't remove your skin." Right. <laughs> um so it, Salma came off, I think, very um, sounding very privileged, sounding uh, very condescending in the remarks, which you can see in the article. She even says, sweetheart, I'm 50 years old. It just comes off really, really condescending. Now, um, to Salma Hayek's defense, we're we're all hearing this conversation by from an author who's doing her best to Right. To write a conversation that we're not there, right? We're not capturing the body language. We're not capturing what else is going on in the room. Um, So, you know, that's those are things that we should realize as we as we think about this exchange. And there was a whole a slew of interactions and and um, posts and reactions to that exchange between the two women. But I think that there's a lot of things that we 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 weren't there. Right. We weren't there to take away. The other thing, too, is that. Salma Hayek is a Mexican immigrant. She's a Mexican immigrant. She does not, she's not 
even though she's been here for many, many years, she doesn't stop being a Mexican immigrant. And if you're a Mexican immigrant, you didn't grow up here in, in the United States being completely um, exposed to yeah. African-Americans and the way that historically we've, we've institutionally been um, oppressing that that part of the of our of our community of our culture, so um, so I think there's there's and there's also a generation gap too. I don't think that it's fair for a 51 year old woman to know all the lingo that a, that a, one of the two dope queens knows, who's you know in her 20s. So it, it was a very interesting exchange, and I'm, I'm very curious. I know that it's been several weeks now, but I'm very curious about what our listeners think. I do think that Tama Hayek did come come off. Um, Probably not in the way that she wanted to come off, um, but I do I do feel I'm not, and I'm not really necessarily defending Sama Hayek, but we should we should take into consideration that she's an immigrant and she is definitely from a different generation. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, or do you maybe you didn't get I mean, to as, enough as, about it? As you're describing it now, I'm thinking in my head too. Like they're two completely different backgrounds, and you know, I I don't necessarily think that. You know, maybe she meant to be condescending or offensive, but that's how she came out. And also, like, her experience as an immigrant is not going to be the same experience as an immigrant that my parents went through, you know? That's right, because she's a rich immigrant. Exactamente. (laughs) So for that reason, I'm on the side of two dope queens. Like, no hubiera abierto la boca Mm -hmm. is what I think. Yeah, and I don't know. To me, I don't think there's a side. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a very interesting ex- exchange, and um, it talks. I mean, it really kind of sheds a light into the multiple dimensions of of women, because it's not just enough that you're a woman, and, and I think they could definitely both identify with some of the barriers of being a woman. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly some shared experiences by, by being women of color, but it's it's v- completely different for a beautiful, rich Latina uh, from Mexico raised in Mexico to identify with the experiences of a young African-American woman. Um, so I think ho- hopefully more than anything, it, it um, gave Sama some pause to step back and to um, what many people commented is that maybe just to listen and to and to really, I mean, don't live in fantasy land where you could actually, let me just put, put aside that I'm a black woman. Like, you, that's just not claro. possible. Yeah. So, um, that's your mini chanclazo. Mini chanclazo to Salma Hayek to have her um, pause, take pause. And I'm sure this, this is a big learning experience for her. And, and even at 50, in, in, at 50, you can learn a lot. And, and um, I, I hope it's a, constr- it's a place that we can construct from. And, um, yeah, I love Two Dope Queens. If you all don't know what that is, it's a fabulous podcast. It's hilarious. And, um, and Jessica Williams is a partner on Two Dope Queens. Phoebe Robinson has an amazing book, which everybody should read. It's called Don't Touch My Hair. Actually, Sama Hayek especially should read <laughs> don't touch my hair <laughs> um and uh another shout out to my boss second second shout out to my boss in in two episodes because she she um she bought that book for me she was my secret santa and i love that book nice. i love that book. don't touch my hair it's hilarious but it really kind of talks about these sorts of experiences that um african-american women have to live with um here in the in the united states Do you know if they spoke about this on their podcast i haven't heard it yet but well you know I know we, we record a little bit earlier than this than, than our episodes come out, we'll be on which lookout. is probably similar to them. So we'll find out and we'll we'll check it out and, and we'll write it in our notes. Yeah, so that's my big long chancla. How about you? <laughs> well, I have a I have a chancla. So um, so recently, my dad went to Mexico. He went uh, to Oaxaca and to Defe, and so. Uh, 
I'm not really close to my um, dad's side of the family in Defe, but apparently they're super well off and they've made a little, you know, a good nest for themselves. Um, so one of my cousins is married to a guy who sells meat to about 60% of the taqueros in La Ciudad de Mexico. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. So, yeah, so these guys... Tienen dinero. Wow. And I will never have tacos in Mexico City again. Why? Because my chanclazo goes out to the taqueros in Mexico City. Porque... <laughs> but they're the best. The tacos are well, so Well, hold good on. There. Hold on. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Please don't tell me. I might have to close my ears. You might. No. You might. Don't this reveal it. Fair warning, Everybody, you guys. Pause the podcast. <laughs> if you want to enjoy tacos in Mexico City, do so, not listen to the next part of this podcast. Apparently... This guy, my um, the husband of my cousin. So family here. Family. They buy their meat from the U.S. Because they don't trust Mexican meat? Not because they don't trust Mexican meat, but because it's cheaper. And oh, it's, it's cheaper to buy Mex- it's, American it's meat? It's cheaper oh. to buy American meat than it is to buy Mexican meat. And I asked, um, I actually called them and, and just try to get a little bit more information. They said that Mexican meat is much more expensive. It takes longer to grow because it's more organic. Mm-hmm. And U.S. meat is ready quicker and it's cheaper because we are producing it literally like yeah, okay, so, so help me follow this. So why don't you trust taqueros in Mexico? Well, because I don't want to eat meat from the u.s like oh. you know like well you eat it here i day. eat it here but do i have <laughs> another option no but when i go to mexico i want to have like real organic meat i don't want to have like the meat that is like grown in labs okay so here. let me follow this so your 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 extended family mm-hmm. sells most of the meat to taqueros in mexico yes but they buy the meat that they sell from the from u.s the States, yeah Oh, wow. That's interesting. And I thought that was horrible, you know? I, I'm still going to eat tacos in Mexico. Um, I thought you were going to tell me something City. way worse. No, I think that's horrible. <laughs> I think that's You get it horrible. here every day. Come on. This yeah, is but like here, like, I mean, you know, you get it here. You live here. But when I go to Mexico, it's like you're going to go to Mexico and you're going to eat Taco Bell. Like, I don't think so. Like, I, I, <laughs> I think it's horrible. It's the way they prepare it over there. Still eat your, Mexi- your Mexican tacos in Mexico City. Gosh, I thought you were going to no, tell no me it's <laughs> I mean, which también it might, but I mean, that's a whole different thing. Awesome. Okay. Well, there's, there's your chancla. Awesome. Well, people, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on, on everywhere you listen to podcasts, Tamarindo the Podcast. As always, you can reach us at tamarindopodcast at gmail.com. Write and review. Tell everybody about us. Please. We want to have a website. Hopefully one day we'll have a website. You can still donate to us, though. If you look up Tamarindo the Podcast and GoFundMe, we would still accept donations. And it helps us sustain the podcast. But more yes. than anything, just tell a friend. We want more listeners. Tell everybody about it. Write us a review. Yep. All that stuff. Okay. Uh, with that, signing off. Nos vemos en Swapmeet.
Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI FPEI 220099. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.